Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen, at snc.tv and local now, channel 525. This is Stand Up For Jesus with your host, Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. Our focus is to reach out to the lost and witness about the transforming power of Jesus Christ and calling on others to stand up for Christ and His Word, proclaiming that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven. And now, Standing Up For Jesus, here's Craig Nedro. Welcome to the program. This is Stand Up For Jesus, and my name is Craig Nedro. On the program today, I'm going to continue a teaching series that we started a few weeks ago in the Matthew chapter 24. And so uh, Matthew chapter 24 is a just a it's a fantastic chapter. It's um, Jesus speaking about the times we're living in right now and the times in the future as well into the tribulation. And um, we've done part one and part two. And today is going to be part three in this. And I'm going to start out in Matthew 24, but then I'm I'm going to flip over, um, and and I'll give a reference to this. But I'm going to flip over into First Timothy as well. And so let let me just kind of review a little bit about what the last couple of weeks have been about, and why I'm teaching on this um, particular section of scripture again. I have taught on this um, section of uh, scripture that from Jesus's teachings. Uh, several times over the years, and I will tell you that uh, I feel drawn back to it right now. Um, I think that as we continue to watch what are ta- what's taking place in world events, uh, not just here at home, but also worldwide, I think that prophecy is unfolding at an extent at, at, at just an astounding pace right now. And I know that a lot of you who study these things. And look at these things. Agree with me on this. Uh, I know I get a lot of comments from my listeners about this, but I think a lot of us feel like, um, although we nobody knows the day or the hour of the return of Christ to rapture the church, we 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 can feel in our spirit. We know that we have to be close, whatever that means. And I certainly don't ever um, want anybody to think that I'm trying to do any date setting because I'm not. But what I can feel is I can feel an urgency in my spirit, a quickening in my spirit, that we are getting cl- very close to, to the rapture of the church. Do, do, can I tell you this year, this month, this year, um, the next three, five years? I can't. However, I, what I can say to you with a lot of confidence is I don't believe that uh, on the, the current direction that this world is headed, at the pace that it's headed, and the things that are unfolding and taking place on world events, I don't see that it's sustainable very much longer before something catastrophically, um, um, just a a major, major world event in history is on the horizon. And I think that the next major world history event, and it will be the event of world history, is the rapture of the church. When Christ will come and remove all believers from this planet 
and we will enter into a period that the Bible calls the tribulation. It's the last seven years in the history of mankind before Jesus comes, returns to earth with the church, and establishes a 1,000-year millennial rule kingdom. I think we're very close to that world event. And I, as we watch things taking place in the, on the world scene in so many different areas, I think it's they're just leaping off the pages of Scripture. And so that's where a couple of weeks ago I did Matthew uh, 24, Part 1, and then Matthew uh, 24, Part 2. And I will continue this uh, this week in Matthew 24, Part 3 of this teaching series. Now, I'm going to take just a, a, a couple of minutes and give you a quick review because in the last two weeks <clears throat> uh, I have taught from Matthew chapter 24 and I have covered from verses 3 uh, through 14. And I'm going to read these real quick and make a couple of comments. And then I'm actually going to take a little bit of a leap and go to 1 Timothy chapter 4 because I, I, I want to continue down this road of signs, and I've done this teaching series before, but I probably, this may turn into this again, signs that we're living in the very last days. And this section of scripture in Matthew 24 is that in and of itself. It's signs that we're living in the very last days. And so I'm going to begin reading in Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. As always, I always teach from the New King James Version So if you have your Bibles, open them up to Matthew chapter 24. We're going to begin reading in verse 3. If you're in your automobiles or you're listening and you don't have your your Bible, that's okay as normal. I'm going to read a lot of Scripture and teach directly from the Word. So here's what my Bible says in Matthew 24, verse 3. It says, Now, as he, meaning Jesus, sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceives you. For many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, must come to pass but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, And will hate one another. And then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations, and then the end will come. Now that's. Matthew chapter 24, verses 3 through 14. And the last two weeks uh, of the, this teaching series has been focused entirely on those, on, on those verses. Let me make a couple of comments. Uh, one of the things that jumps out to me is that in verse 3, it's, Jesus says, Take heed that no one deceives you. In vor- verse 4, 
Jesus says, many people will be deceived. Uh, then in verse um, uh, 12, or I'm, I'm sorry, verse 11, he says, many false prophets will arise and deceive many. Um, and then he, uh, if you flip over and look at verse 24, Matthew 24, verse 24, he says, false Christs and false prophets will rise up and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. See, I have told you beforehand. I think it is worthy to make note that Jesus mentions several times that uh, the, the, the spirit of deception, deception will increase. Many people will be deceived. Uh, there will be deceivers and people who are deceived. And this is one of the great signs that we're living in the very last days, just before the return of Christ, is the spirit of deception that I call, that I my statement is, the spirit of deception right now in our world is running rampant. Let me expand on that just a little bit. I know that many of you who are students of the Bible share this concern with me, that we live in a time when people no longer believe and agree that that the Bible is God's Word. They think it's a, a, a book of myths. They think it's outdated. They think we have um, progressed as a society. They think that uh, the Bible is not God's Word, and it's no longer relevant. And that, to me, is the is probably the greatest deception um, in the in recent history, for sure. But maybe of all time. See, the devil from the Garden of Eden has been using the same tool over and over throughout the centuries, and that is in the Garden. He said, "Did God really say?" And he's using the same tactic now as he did in the Garden. He's saying, do you really think that the Bible's God's word? Now, let me just stop and make a, a really simplistic point. If anybody, let's just, I'm, I'm just going to use myself as an example. If I really believed in my heart of hearts and in my mind that God's word, that the Bible is God's word, and that, and that the answers to life are in this Bible, and the answers to what has happened in the past, what is happening now, and will happen in the future, is in this book called the Bible. With all the chaos, with all the nonsense, with all the evil that's taking place in our world right now, would I not want to go and spend time in this Word if I really believe that it's God's Word for instruction, for guidance? for understanding of the times. And if I really want to have peace during these times, would I not want to spend time in this word? Because this is this would be my plumb line. This would be my foundation. This would be my bearings to understand what's happening in the world today and allow me to have peace about what happens. Because, folks, I'm going to tell you, as someone who has studied this book, this book exhaustively for more than 20 years, the Bible is God's word. Jesus said in John chapter 17, your word is truth, speaking to the Father. This Bible is God's word. The Bible testifies of itself that every word of God is pure. The Bible testifies that this, this book is the word of God. It says all scripture is inspired by God, which means it's God-breathed, and, it, and is profitable for teaching, for reproof, for, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. 
Folks, the devil is a liar. Jesus called him the father of lies. And the devil has lied to the world and put in people's minds that this book is no longer relevant, that this book is not God's word, that it's not truth, that that we have evolved as a society, so to speak, to where this book is, no, we don't really need to follow it. We don't really need to believe it anymore because it's really not the truth and it's not from God. And we live in a time now where we, many, many people, the major, uh, uh, more than a majority than the, than the minority, believe this, that the Bible's no longer relevant. And some people might say, no, Craig, I believe in the Bible. Uh, it's just I think there are certain parts of it that we've progressed past that no longer are relevant. Then you don't believe the whole Bible. See, I, I believe the Bible. I've made a choice in my life to believe the Bible from the opening chapter of Genesis to the closing chapter of Revelation and every part of it in between. Now, that doesn't mean everything's easy for me. Uh, That doesn't mean I necessarily have 100% understanding and comprehension of everything in this book, but I know that everything in this book is true, and I know that it's God's Word. And the devil, and Jesus talks about it. I mentioned just a few minutes ago, three times when the disciples ask him, what will be the sign of your coming and at the end of your uh, end of the age? Jesus mentions over and over again in this Matthew chapter 24 uh, that, that he, he says, many will be deceived. Take heed that you will not be deceived. Many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and deceive many. Jesus mentions over and over again the deception that is taking place in our world today. And this in in and of itself is one of the signs of the the very last days that we're living in right now. I mention this because it's important that we really understand uh, a lot of the things that are going on in our world right now from the spirit or from the the viewpoint that there is a spirit of um, uh, deception, a spirit of um, lies and deception that is rampant. I, I, listen, is it without trying to get into the politics of, of our nation, does it not astound you that our leaders in this country will stand before us now and openly lie to us, boldly to our face, when we know that they're lying to us, and they do it with no conscience? They do it uh, with, with full conviction and with uh, 100% approval of their peers and many of us, most of us, know we're being lied to, and they don't care. That's the point we've gotten to, where the leaders will stand. They're not just the leaders of America, but the leaders in the world, the political leaders, business leaders, spiritual leaders, and uh, just overall rulers, people who make the decisions that control things in our world. They look at us. And they know that, and in the past, I might have thought they think we're stupid. You know what? I hate to say this, and I'm not trying to be judgmental, but a large percentage of the population is stupid because we're uneducated, because we spend our time on nonsense instead of spending our time studying and, 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 and examining things to see if they're really true. And if you don't have the Bible as your foundation for what is true and what is not, You are easily deceived. And we live in a time when the rulers lie to us openly. Many of us know we're being lied to. It's obvious we're being lied to, and they don't even care. I've said it before. I want to say this again. In respect to what I'm teaching on in Matthew chapter 24, I had parts one and parts two, and this week is part three. 
Folks, if we can look at it through the, uh, the lens a biblical worldview, this is an amazing time to be alive on planet Earth. We are witnessing things taking place right now in our world that the Bible predicted and the Bible said would happen thousands of years ago, and they're happening exactly like the Bible said they would happen. And if you're a student of this Bible, you know exactly what I'm talking about. We are living in the last days before the return of Christ for the church. We're living in the last days before the tribulation period. We're living in the last days, the end of the age. And if you want to know what's happening in the world today, it's all here in the Bible. Now, you have to spend time in the Bible. You have to spend serious time in prayer and study to be able to understand what's taking place. But if you're one of those who is is and has been doing this, you know that I'm speaking the truth. It, this is an amazing time to be alive, to watch God's Word come alive and literally leap off the pages. I'm going to take my first break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. We return to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro, and I, once again, I've been, the last couple of weeks, I've been in Matthew chapter 24. We've t- I've had part one and part two, and this week is part three. And I mentioned before the break, kind of exhaustively, about the spirit of deception. Jesus talked about in Matthew chapter 24, over and over again about how many how many people will be deceived. He even says in Matthew 24, verse 24, that it, it, the spirit of deception will be so strong that if possible, even the elect will be deceived. And he says, I'm telling you this now beforehand, okay? And so we see this deception. I want to mention two other things before I go into my next section of, brand, of new scripture that I want to teach from today, and that is that in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus says in verse 9 uh, many that they will deliver you up to tribulation. Now, that's not the tribulation. What he's saying is things will become difficult. Things will be—the the, 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 the hatred for Christ will ramp up. The persecu- persecution of Christians and anybody that believes and wants to speak about God's Word, those the, the pressure will be turned up. We're witnessing this now. And he says, you, uh, they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Folks, if you're a follower of Christ, many of you know this, but in case you don't, do you understand right now that there is literally a hatred for us in the world? There is a hatred that has never been present in our own country now that is coming out. Listen, call them what you want, progressives, left, uh, liberals, whatever you want to call them. Do you understand as a follower of Christ, there is an open hostility, an open hatred. There's a, a demonic spirit of atheism, and they hate us who are followers of Christ. Those of us who teach the Word, they don't want us teaching the Word. Those of us who will speak out that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, they want to silence us. They call God's Word hate speech. Um, there, there is an open hatred, and Jesus said this. He said, you'll be hated by all nations for my namesake. And then he says, and this reads like today's newspaper. You tell me if this is today's society. He says, many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. Do we see that rising uh, um, exponentially in our world today. He says, 
Uh, and in verse uh, 12, he says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. Let me ask you just a simple question. Is lawlessness exploding right now? Is lawlessness abounding right now? Are we witnessing a spirit of lawlessness that we've never seen before in our country and in this world right now? And the simple answer is yes. It's uh, Just look at the news any day or the, the day in and day out. Uh um, lawlessness is abounding. Uh, people no longer care about uh, whether or not they keep the law, and the people who are in the in, in positions to enforce the law no longer even want to enforce the law. That's how bad it's getting. They say, "Well, we don't really want to per- we don't really want to prosecute if they break the law. Oh, we want to change the law. Oh, we want." Who thought it? Let me just ask you a really simple question. Who in their right mind thought this was a good idea to defund the police? You talk about stuck on stupid. I remember the first time I heard there was a new movement, defund the police, I thought, well, that'll never catch on. (laughs) Little did I know. How's that going, by the way, huh? Folks, does it seem to you like we in America have lost our minds and we've lost our way? Well, we have. And Jesus said it here in Matthew chapter 24. He says, because lawlessness will abound, the love of many will grow cold. And we're, we're witnessing this right now. I want to take this time now. I've mentioned a couple of things that jump out about these first 14 verses in Matthew chapter 24. Uh, we're going to come back to this. But I want you to flip over now and go all the way over to 1 Timothy. First Timothy is quite a ways over into the farther into the New Testament. You're going to go past Ephesians and Colossians and uh, Philippians, and you're going to go uh, past Thessalonians into First Timothy. And go to First Timothy and turn in your Bible with me to First Timothy, chapter four. And I want to teach from a couple of verses here because again, this is so relevant to the time we're living in right now. And the word actually says here that it's going to speak about the time we're living in right now. So I'm going to start teaching now the rest of the program here probably in 1 Timothy chapter 4. This is the Apostle Paul, and he's writing in 1 Timothy. This is a letter that he writes to Timothy. But in 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, Paul says now. Now, when Paul says now, he wants to talk to you about a, 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 um, a different subject than he's just been teaching on. And he says now. The Spirit expressly says, in the New King James, it says expressly says. Also in the New King James, the word Spirit there is capitalized. And if you have your Bible, look and see if it is capitalized, because it should be capitalized. Because when Paul says now the Spirit, he's making reference to the Holy Spirit. So Paul is saying now the Holy Spirit, and that word expressly right there, uh, in the original Greek word, it means distinctly. It is the word retos in the Greek language, R-H-E-T-O-S, and it means distinctly, okay? So Paul is saying now, the Holy Spirit distinctly says that in latter times, some will depart from the faith. First, let me talk about those two words, latter times. The, the word latter times right there means the in the Greek language, those two words, latter times, means the very, very, very end of something. In other words, you know, a lot of people, you might hear them say, well, we've really been in the latter, the last days or the latter times since Jesus came. 
and that is a broad truth. But let's let's not let, let's let's drill down on that a little bit, because remember back in Matthew chapter twenty four, the the disciples asked Jesus, "What will be the sign of your coming?" And at the end of the age, the end of what age? The end of the church age, the end of the age of, the Bible calls it the age of the Gentiles. See, in the Bible, everyone on planet Earth is either, uh, is either a, made, made reference as either a Jew or a Gentile. If, if some, the Jews were God's chosen people. That's why they're hated so much. The devil hates Israel. He hates the Jews. And there's still an open hatred. And it's even growing right now towards the Jews. That's another sign of the very last days. But the disciples said, tell us, what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? It's the age of the, uh, age of the Gentiles or the church age and, and, or the age of grace. There is, uh, we are coming to the age uh, to the end of this period this age in world history and we're almost there right now and so here in first timothy paul says now the holy spirit distinctly says that in latter times at the very 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 end of this age he says some will depart from the faith now let me talk about this cuz this is important because it's happening right now and the word right there in the original Greek language for a ban- uh, for um, when he says people will depart from the faith, that word means to abandon or to leave or to revolt. Now let me make a couple of comments about this because um, after COVID, uh, one of the things that happened from COVID is a lot of churches shut down. And I will tell you, there's a problem in the American church right now and I speak about the American church because this is where I live, but there's a problem in quote unquote the American church right now because there um and if you you're part of a church that this doesn't apply to, then don't be offended, but you're also going to know that I'm speaking the truth many 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 of our American churches are uh have abandoned the faith they are teaching a watered down gospel. They're teaching uh, things that God says is wrong. They're saying, no, it's really okay. Uh, God didn't really mean that. Or what God said was wrong in the past doesn't really apply now. So let me, and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you evidence of that, because it says uh, some will depart from the faith. Now let me teach on the word faith for just a second, because the word faith gets thrown around a lot. And it's really thrown around in the wrong manner. If you look at in, throughout the New Testament, almost every time the word faith is used in the New Testament, the word is pistis in the Greek language, P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis. And the word pistis in the original Greek language, uh, if, you, if you look that up and study it, it means the moral conviction of religion truth or truthfulness of God's teachings. Now think about that, the truthfulness of God's teachings. So if the word faith means the truthfulness of God's teachings, that means if you're abandoning the faith, you're abandoning abandoning the truthfulness of God's teachings. In other words, when God says something is right and it's true, that settles it. And if, you, if you're not in agreement with what God says is right and true, then you are abandoning that. You are leaving. You are revolting against it. Look, there's no gray area. You're either in agreement with what God says or you're not. 
And you can't say, well, I'm in agreement with 98% of what God says, but the other 2% I'm not in agreement with. Let me ask you this. Can you, let me give you a word picture. You're going to stand before God in his throne one day and go, God, you know what? 98% of that Bible I agree with, but you know what, God? You missed it on the other 2%. Let me know how that conversation goes, folks. You either have to be, be in agreement with God's word about what it says is right and wrong, or, or you're not in agreement with it. And it's, it, it's either all or nothing. And we live in a time period right now where many, many churches are teaching that what God's word says is right is not always right. And what God's word says is wrong and is a sin and is abomination. We now say, uh, you know, um, we're going to bend that a little bit. And that's happening in our churches. And so here, when Paul says, in the latter days, the Holy Spirit distinctly says, some will depart from the faith. He is saying it could be churches, it could be individuals. There's a lot of people that have stopped going to church because they they know exactly what I'm talking about. Listen, you don't have to go to church to be saved. And I will give you a newsflash. There's a lot of people sitting in church who are not saved. My Bible tells me that if I believe in my heart on Jesus Christ and confess with my mouth him as Lord, then I shall be saved. I don't see attending a local church anywhere in that in that, uh, that section of Scripture. Now, is attending church a good thing? Of course it is. Is being around other believers a good thing? Of course it is. But church doesn't save you, folks. Jesus Christ saves you. I'm going to take my second break and come back. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. More of Craig Nedro and Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio. The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. I'm teaching today in Part 3 from Matthew 24. I went through the first 14 verses of Matthew 24, and then I wanted to take a, a, a kind of a sidestep, and it's because it's so relevant. I'm in right now. I'm teaching from First Timothy chapter four, and in First Timothy chapter four, uh, I, before the break, I read that Paul writes, "Now the Holy Spirit, spirits capitalized. Now the Holy Spirit expressly in the New King James it says expressly. Some some uh, variations say distinctly." Now, the Holy Spirit distinctly says that in latter times, which means the very, very end of the age, some will depart, and that word depart is means to abandon, to leave, to revolt. Some will depart from the faith. And I mentioned before the break, the word faith, and it's I want to repeat it because it's, it's important, is the Greek word pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S. And almost every time in the New Testament, the word faith, when it's used, it's that word. And, it's, and, and that word pistis in the original Greek means the truthfulness of God's teachings. See, folks, Jesus said even the demons believe. But let me ask you a question. If God says this is wrong, and God doesn't have to ask our opinion, if God says, I'm telling you this is wrong, if you say, yeah, but I don't know if I agree with that, then that means you're abandoning the faith. You're revolting or you're leaving the faith. Paul said, examine yourselves to, and test yourselves that you are in the faith. And so I, I don't want to overemphasize this, but it's so important that you grasp this. 
You either agree with what God says is right and wrong, or you don't. And you can't carve out, well, I think he's right on everything except for this and this and this. God doesn't play that. The Bible says God is not mocked. And so none of us can stand before God and say, God, I believe most of your Bible, but I think you missed it on this particular topic and this particular topic. Now, think about the world we live in today. I'm just going to, and listen, I never want to personally offend anybody, uh, but I have to speak the truth. And so when we now as a society want to stand here and say, a little boy that's six years old, what kid growing up doesn't get confused sometimes? So a little boy that's six years old says, I, you know, I really feel like I'm a girl. And so we now live in a society where we're going to allow that little boy to say, I feel like I'm a girl. And we actually want to have people who are in the educational system or in the medical profession not even have a conversation with his parents and allow that young man to be become a, a young lady or vice versa. You know what we're doing? We're saying, God, you made a mistake. And you know what, folks? Hear it from me. God doesn't make mistakes. If you were born a little boy, then you're a little boy. I want to flip over something because, you know, we, we want to talk about, and, and, and listen, I can, I can talk about these issues for, for hours on time, uh, on end. But I'm going to share a verse with you that kind of settles a couple of things. When we want to talk about, well, you know, is abortion okay up to 15 weeks or up to 16 weeks? When, 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 does, a, when, when does a baby begin to feel pain? What are you talking about? You're saying in week 16 a baby feels pain, so we shouldn't kill it after that. But what about week 15? Oh, the baby's not feeling pain? It's still a baby. What, what's wrong with us? And you might say, well, Craig, I don't, you know, it, it, when it, 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 it's, it, I don't believe it's a baby until week 16 or week 10 or whatever. Let me read you a verse. In Jeremiah chapter 1, this is the word, Jeremiah wrote in verse 4, then the word of the Lord The word of the Lord came to me saying, so this is God speaking, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I sanctified you. Folks, before before a child is even in the womb, God knew that child. Before my mom and dad even conceived me, even performed the act, God knew Craig Nedro. And before I was born, God, he formed me, and he had plans for me before I was born. And before I was in my mom's womb, the Lord knew me. That's that's God's word. And if you disagree with that, then you're disagreeing with God. And so you've departed from the faith. I know this is a, a strong teaching, but you know what? And I don't mean this disrespectfully. But, folks, the time for candy-coating messages and watering down God's Word and not standing up for the faith and not standing and defending God's Word, if, you're a believe, if you are a serious believer in Jesus Christ, the time is over with. Okay? Listen, folks, we're, what, if G, what if we are close to the, the, to the return of Christ? And many of us know that we are. If you love people, you need to speak out. In a, in a, in a, in a, from a position of caring about people and caring and loving people. 
How loving is it if you don't speak out and you let people just go to hell? People go, oh, you know, I don't want to talk to people about hell and heaven. Why not? If you're a follower of Christ, when are you going to speak out? And if you don't speak out as a follower of Christ, who is? It's time for believers to examine themselves and be willing to speak the truth in love. Because we don't know how much time left before Jesus comes for us. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. Back to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM. Welcome back. This is Stand Up For Jesus. I'm Craig Nedro. This is part three of Matthew chapter 24. When I'm talking about the, the signs that we're living in the very last days before the end of the age and before the return of Christ, the disciples asked Jesus in Matthew chapter 24, what will be the signs of your coming and of the end of the age? And so this teaching series right now that I'm in part three right now, I'm talking about signs of the end of the age. And right now I'm in First Timothy chapter four. And Paul says in verse, verse one, now the Holy Spirit distinctly says that in latter times, the very last days, some will depart from the faith. And we're witnessing that now. And then Paul continues and he says, giving heed to deceiving spirits. And I have to take a couple of minutes and teach on this. When the Bible says giving heed, that means paying attention to. In the original Greek language, the, the word for heed is the Greek word prosecho, P-R-O-S-E-C-H-O, and it means to pay attention to. So Paul says not only will some depart from the truth, from the, 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 God, the truthful teachings of God, from God, but he says they will pay attention, they, they will give attention to Deceiving, and that word deceiving means seducing and lying. So Paul says people will begin to pay attention to seducing and deceiving spirits. Remember I talked about in Matthew chapter 24, Jesus mentions over and over the spirit of deception, and it is growing, and it is rampant, and it is continuing, and many, many, many people are being deceived because they don't know the God, the Word of God. They don't spend time in their Bible. Here, Paul says, people will begin to give heed, pay attention to deceiving spirits. And then Paul says, and doctrines of demons. That word doctrines, is the, it means teachings. And so what is a doctrine of a demon? Let me just, I mentioned one a minute ago, but I'm going to mention it again. I'm going to mention a couple right now. Here's a doctrine of a demon. A young kid feels like they're, that, that instead of being a little girl, she should be a little boy. Or instead of being a little boy, they should be a little girl. And we have people that will go along with that and say, don't talk to your mommy and daddy about it. If you feel like you're a little girl and you want to be a little girl, we can help you with that. But don't say anything to your mom and dad. That is a demon doctrine, folks. Listen, how how have we got to this point where somebody thinks it's okay to have a conversation with a little boy or a little girl when, who's confused and says, look, we think that you're probably of the wrong sex. God made a mistake, but we can fix it. But don't say anything to your mom and dad. How demonic is that? That's a doctrine of a demon. Here's another one. You know, God's word is really hate speech. Because who are you to say anything about anybody else about how they want to live their lives? 
God's word might say um, that sexual immorality is a sin, but you know what? If it feels good, you you should you should do it. Don't worry about what God's word says. God's word is outdated. God's word is no longer relevant. If something feels good to you, it's okay. You should pursue it. Hey, listen. If it, 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 homosexuality, that that's an listen. We've already passed the law that it's legal. So that settles it, and God's word doesn't make any difference. Oh, pedophile. So, so listen, I, we know it used to be wrong for somebody to think that uh, wanting to have sex with a child was wrong. But you know what? We now think it's okay. As a matter of fact, we think it's okay to have transvestites, men that have transitioned to a woman or women that have transitioned to men, go in and hang out with our little kids in school and, and, and perform sex acts in school. We now think it's okay to have books in the library for these little kids that explains these sex acts. Folks, we've lost our minds in this country. And what I'm talking about here, when I talk, when I talk about um, allowing books that's, that explicitly uh, explain sex acts, when we're letting our kids transition without talking to their parents, when we let uh, transvestite, transvestites into our schools and pedophiles now want, uh, uh, want equal rights with everything else. You know what that is? Those are doctrines of demons. And Paul f- finishes here and he says, they speak lies in hypocrisy. I'm not even going to get through these next two verses before the end of this program. By the way, I'll continue it on next week's teaching. But Paul says, speaking lies in a hypocrisy. You know, when I was raised, I was raised that it was wrong to lie. How silly does that sound now? Our leaders in this world of every business leaders, uh, political leaders, societal leaders, uh, religious leaders, it is okay now to lie and do it convincingly and do it to do it openly. And it's not even looked down on anymore. That's where we've come to as a society in America. That's where we've come to a society in the world. And when the disciples asked Jesus, what, what are the signs of the coming of the age or the end of the age? These are the things that Jesus talked about. These are the things that God's word says are signs that we're living in the very last days. I appreciate you tuning in. This is today is part three on Matthew chapter 24 about the signs of the end of the age. And next week's program will be part four of Matthew chapter 24 about the signs of the end of the age. My name is Craig Nedro, and this is Stand Up For Jesus. You've been listening to Stand Up For Jesus with Craig Nedro, founder of Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus. If you would like more information about Craig Nedro Ministries and Stand Up For Jesus, visit our website at craignedroministries.org or give us a call at area code 469-688-7615. Be sure to listen next week at this same time as we Stand Up For Jesus on Christian Talk Radio, The Word, 100.7 FM.